0: Welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. A big thanks to Blast Podcast and John Milky for helping keep this podcast technically up and running through this world pandemic. Speaking of this global shift in patterns, for months I didn't spend a cent on gas. I had a tank that seriously lasted me almost 4 months. My credit card saw very few purchases. I wore the same outfit days at a time. The shampoo and the conditioner lasted a lot longer because I mean, let's face it, I never really did my hair and And I rarely ate a meal that wasn't cooked and prepared in my home, which brings me to the totally absurd amount of money I spent on groceries. Never had I seen the bills look that way or the fridge. And the food disappeared as fast as it came in. All meals were eaten at home, all snacks, late night snacks, bored eating snacks, emotional eating snacks, everything was part of our new normal. I have a family of four, two daughters. I can't imagine what the grocery bill was like for my friends with teenage sons. So while much of the stranded at home is behind us, we are still struggling with food. Snacks, eating, budgeting, healthy foods, healthy snacks, and meal planning. I've brought in some help to give us some additional resources, tips, tricks, and inspiration. And she's even handing over her top 15 healthy Costco snack ideas. Melanie Reed is a mom of four, a registered holistic nutritionist, and the founder of Balanced Plate Nutrition and the Balanced Mama Method. She had four kids in eight years, struggled to bounce back, struggled to find her new sexy, and in time managed to find her way to optimize her time and the family schedule and their routine and she truly does believe that it's possible to achieve your optimal health in a way that fits your current lifestyle while having simplicity vitality and balance so mal so great to have you joining us i'm excited we finally get to chat to each other
1: yes so am i thank you so much for having me
0: I'm excited. And I've, I've often joked that I've been, you know, recording these podcasts from Andy's bedroom, but I think you take the cake because you're like, okay, I'm calling, I'm calling in from the mudroom. You've like, you're like buried in coats <laughs> and like shoes and, you,
1: shoes. and
0: you, Yeah. But it's the quietest room at this point.
1: It is. And I like came in a little bit before. So to make sure that I can actually get the chair in <laughs> so that I can sit because I had to kick shoes and jackets and Book bags that are just, you know, have found a home here, but haven't been put away yet.
0: Oh, uh, you know what? It's funny because I actually was cleaning out my mudroom too, and it was it was like taking out the snacks that had been sitting in there for like three months and books, and uh, it's just part of what we're doing these days.
1: <laughs> yes, it's so true.
0: Okay, so how are you coping? You've got four. Oh. Uh, give us the rages because y- you're busy.
1: So yes, I've got four: two boys, two girls. We are four, six. 10 and 13 so still hands on for three of the kids on a pretty much day-to-day basis the 13 year old obviously still needs guidance and parenting but she is much more self-sufficient than the other three
0: yeah I've I've often said you know I'm feeling very lucky that at least I had um you know, self-sufficient kids of ages during this, you know, at 12 and 15, you know, if I needed to, they could disappear to the room for the entire day. And if they wanted to, they could come and hang with us. So, you know, we've all gone through this experience in very different ways. And some people too have experienced that they haven't had financial hardships. Some have, some are going through the stress of work, some aren't. I mean, how, how did you guys, how are you and Pat making it through?
1: So, um, how are we making it through? Uh, wine, (laughs) (laughs) Um, vodka, Um, the days are super long, like I won't lie, they are long, we try and get it before the kids to get some work done, then obviously the kids are up trying to navigate their on-class Zoom calls, their Google Meets, their this project, this homework assignment, and still have some time for both of us to work, right? To, for Pat to grow his online business, for me to work with my clients um, online as well. So we find that our days have gotten longer. I am busier now than when the kids were in school because the day starts at five or six and goes till midnight. Oh, oh my God, that's early. Because that's, well, that's that's really the only time that's actually quiet. And I'm, I'm not begging somebody or bribing somebody <laughs> to be quiet. So
0: for you, I mean, did you resonate with what I was saying at the beginning? You know, I found some expenses uh, really went down. Like it was like, wow, we're, we're not spending money here. But and I, I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of your clients, like the the food bill, the groceries, everything. It's just it's the only thing that we have to do and keep ourselves busy. And so so many people are spending that money on food.
1: Agreed. It is. Um, you know, I was joking but not at all joking that my kids need to find their school stomachs because like they have just been eating so much more food than they eat when they're going to school. And they would come home sometimes with stuff in their lunch. I'm like, how did you survive all day not eating your whole lunch? And now it's like, can I have a snack? And I said, well, why don't we just have breakfast? Well, no, I want a snack first. Then I'll have breakfast. <laughs> then I'll have another snack. It's um, so yes, like you, the gas has been non-existent, um, obviously activities, going away for um, tournaments for the kids, none of that is happening anymore. But the bulk of our expenses are all on our groceries. And every week we come home and I'm like, why did we spend so much money? But then the fridge is empty, right? The food is getting consumed
0: hmm. So. It's I, I love that I, I'm going to use that one your school stomachs. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And, and I, you know, we spend a lot of time putting the lunches together and they do they come home with well, usually like the the, the fancy treats are gone, but the healthy <laughs> treats remain. <laughs> but it's true like they would go through much of the day. Sometimes, you know, not eating everything that we sent. And yet, they're eating so much more. Is it? you you know, I, am going to say they're, they're in the house, they're by the kitchen. It's just a constant reminder that there's food somewhere. If you're lucky, you know,
1: there's a constant reminder and like, we really aren't leaving our house. We go for a walk as a family. We do physical movement every day. We run them through combines. We do obstacle courses. We keep them physically busy, but they are still within the confines of our house and or our street. So you're never far from the ability to eat.
0: Okay, so let's let's hit like hard on this topic. What have you heard mostly from your clients? What has been the biggest struggle uh, for a lot of people that you've been hearing
1: about? Um, I think the biggest struggle has been really, what can I eat? slash prepare that's going to last for myself and or my family because most of my clients are still working so they are trying to balance their work day from home and for the ones that have younger children also balance their family so it's what can I cook and prepare that still helps me reach my goals but now I really need four people to all be on the same page and eating exactly the same way, as opposed to when the kids are in school, you're for sure packing them a different lunch than what you would be packing for yourself because you're likely taking leftovers. So that's been the biggest uh, question and discussion that I've been having.
0: Okay, you write in that answer, you use the word balanced. And so that brings us to even the company name, like for you, it, it became, you know, n- both of the titles for the work that you do are in there, right? Balanced flight nutrition, balanced mama method. Yeah. So why was that word so critical for you? Like in establishing this business, in becoming a holistic nutritionist, that that seemed to be the critical word for you?
1: Yes. So for me, it's because balance doesn't exist the way we think of it. It exists. It's different for everybody. So what I see as balance in my family at right at this particular time in our lives is totally different than balance that exists for you as a mom with older children. So for me, balance was really, really fluid, but also something that I felt that we could achieve individually within um, everyone's own constraints. So the balanced mama isn't about all having the same balance. It's the balance that works for your family or for you as an individual.
0: Where was the passion for you in coming into this area or you know into this bracket of health and wellness that it was the food component that had interested you the most?
1: Um, I think it really started when I got pregnant for the first time. Um, I had a miscarriage prior to my daughter who's 13 now. And so really trying to optimize my health and my fertility and my body is really what led me down this path. I started working with a naturopath to get things um, rebalanced, to get hormones, to get my eating on track. And it really just flourished from that and seeing how food can heal and can help rebalance. Like it was eye opening and um, just pushed me in that direction where it just became almost second nature. Now, also having Pat be a, a professional athlete at the time, nutrition was really important, but we didn't like we weren't doing it right, we, we, we thought we were, but it was only through this process that we realized that there were some really fundamental changes that we could make that weren't massive, but had a massive impact.
0: You know, and, and you, you say heal, right? I mean, your body would have gone through the trauma of the miscarriage. So I'm really, I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry to hear that. But now knowing you have this family of four incredible like superstars, I, you know, I know that there's gratitude there, but was it, did you feel the shift in your body from even before you started to try to conceive again of what the body needed to do to kind of be at a place where you felt it was ready to accept and to try again?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, um, Things like, I didn't know that it wasn't supposed to, like, hurt when I walked, that my abdomen wasn't supposed to feel crampy all the time, um, that um, I could have um, cycles that were normal and I wasn't crippled with pain, and I shouldn't say normal, because everybody says I'm mm. like normal, but that um, weren't painful, that were easy. Um, And, like, just seeing those changes that happened, it, like, my body was just at a place where it's like, okay, we can do this now and we can, like, maintain a pregnancy. But, like, it was fast. Like, that took a year. Yeah. Before I, I was pregnant again. What can I,
0: can I ask what changes you made? Like what were the foods you dropped or things you added? Like what, what did that entail in the first time around when you were trying it for yourself before even becoming educated and, mm-hmm. and knowing how to do this professionally?
1: So the first time I was following the instruction of my natural path. So um, for me, that meant removing dairy, which was huge because it's everywhere and it's delicious. And 13, I guess almost 14 years ago, there weren't as many alternatives to dairy that actually tasted decent. Um, so removing dairy, I added a ton of supplements, uh, very specific supplements to help, um, regulate my cycle and my hormones. And, uh, we also increased things like leafy greens, which is simple, but I just, I wasn't eating a lot of them. Right. Um, I grew up, in a family, parents are from Barbados. So I grew up eating food that was prepared at home, um, but we didn't have a lot of leafy greens. We had other vegetables, but those weren't part of it. So um, supplementation, removal of specific foods. The big one for me that was the most challenging was definitely the dairy, um, and then adding different foods into the mix.
0: So once you go through this experience on your own and, and and as you mentioned, it took a year, what then were you looking forward to in taking this course and realizing that it had made such an impact on you that you wanted to then learn about this and be able to help others?
1: I originally went into it just wanting to learn for me and my family. Like I just wanted to make good choices, uh, be able to so- support Pat in his professional uh, football career and really ensure that my kids were well nourished um, and obviously well fed and that's where it started and then as i got into it and finished the program and uh was deciding like Is this all I wanna do with it? And people would be asking me, well, like, could you help me? Could you explain this? And it's just a natural thing, right? Everybody eats. So food is always a topic for conversation. So it would very easily flow into a conversation about like something they're struggling with. Um, And then, you know, Pat opened the gym. And so it just kind of all fell into place like, well, this would be a really good avenue. Um, it supports my desire. I, I like to serve. I like to help people. I, li- I love to interact with people. Um, so it just all kind of melded really well together.
0: Okay, so well, as you're taking this course, because I think, you know, as you mentioned, it was really for you and your family, but what did you, what intrigued you the most of the, of the topics or the things that you were learning?
1: Oh, gosh, there was so much. Like, I think back, because that would have been, Peyton was 18 months when I started. So um, there was so much. I can't even say that like, there was one. Because I would come home and be like, did you know this? And I'd rattle something off that I'd learned that day. Um, uh, gosh, yeah, there's so many things I couldn't pinpoint exactly what particular part. But I remember sitting in one of our classes one time thinking, I could teach this, not like I could teach it because I know, but I'm like, I could relay this information the same way we have teachers up here. And that kind of was the catalyst to continuing after um, I had graduated. But, you know, again, nothing comes easy. It was a super stressful time trying to um, care for a young family. Kaya, I think, was three or four Peyton was a year and a half. I started doing this full time. Um, and, like, and, st-
0: and you still had two more pregnancies in you.
1: <laughs> I, I did. And then all of that. And then right at the end, when I'm getting ready to kind of defend my position and present my case studies, I um, developed Bell's palsy. Just, it was like, oh my gosh, I had so much going on because t- truth be told is although I was learning and making changes, I was still really pushing myself. And I wasn't supporting myself in a way, I wasn't supporting myself nutritionally in a way that my body was able to keep pushing, right, to that nth degree. Cause I had two young children, one of them was still not sleeping through the night. So then I'm, I'm up with him, I'm trying to study, I'm trying to do mom, you know, you're trying to do all of the things. And so then that was a wake up call that, you know, I need to really take care of my health um, and be cognizant of what my body tells me instead of always pushing through. Because I'm I'm prone to just like suck it up, buttercup, and off we go.
0: The Bell's palsy. If for people who aren't familiar, what what happened and how did that affect you?
1: So we it started for me with. Um, like a sore ear, I thought maybe I had been, gotten a bite on my ear, because it was end of May uh, when it started, and then I, it got worse. So I went to the doctor and said, like, either I have a bite or I have an ear infection. They checked my ear, everything looked fine, uh, so left it. It progressed to the point where, like, where I couldn't like touch my ear, laying on that side was really painful. Went back to the doctor. Nope, everything looks good. It looks a little bit inflamed, but there's definitely no infection there. So then fast forward a week, um, Pat and I are out celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary. And we rented a room at the Ark because that's where we stayed after our wedding. And he made some joke and I laughed and his face like changed. And so I said, what is wrong? he's like, smile. And I smiled and he goes, go look in the mirror and half of my face just wasn't moving. Like it was totally frozen. Immediately we thought I was having a stroke. So we got in the car and drove to um, the hospital and uh, went in, they assessed me, said, okay, you're not having a stroke. We'll put you in a room. And a doctor came in <laughs> to see me. And oh my gosh, the wor- like the worst bedside manner. The doctor says to me, uh, you know, uh, Christian? and I said, yeah, he says, you have what he has. And I remember thinking, what a terrible way to deliver the news to me because he has a permanent uh, palsy uh, on his face. So that like, that was devastating. It was really hard. The, the time immediately after was quite challenging because although I hadn't lost any mental Faculties. My speech was extremely slurred. Um, I couldn't close my eye at all. I had to tape my eyes shut at night. But when I would go out and try to talk to people, people instinctively spoke to me louder. Like I didn't understand because I was having difficulty speaking. So it was really interesting the way people responded to um, the way my face looked and the way I sounded. So um, we spent a lot of time doing every single possible rehab that was available in the city to improve the situation. And it like, it has come a long way. I know Leanne, you know, um, I still suffer from some weakness. I'm like the 1% of the population that doesn't have a full recovery. Um, I will continue to need drops in my eyes for the rest of my life, but for all intents and purposes, I appear uh, to be symmetrical in my face. So that was kind of like another instance where I understood the power of what you eat and what you don't eat um, and how it can support your body, both positive and negative.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and people are listening to you right now, and the speech is is quite understandable and uh, quite informative. So I I, I love the story, but I love the the power of knowing that you can heal that you can nourish uh, based on the food that you're putting into the system. So at this point, you've got your, you have your recovery, you have the fact that you've got two young kids, but what shifted then in that you invested in yourself as much as what you were learning and then started to implement and realize that you could do and share this with others.
1: Um, I think it was just, I took those as signs there's a reason this is happening, right? It's not for me to keep it to myself, to keep it only to my family. It was to be able to demonstrate, be a living demonstration for what's possible when you um, make changes. So, and again, I think it comes back to, I, I like teaching. I wanted to be a teacher. When I was going through elementary school, I wanted to be a teacher. And get into teacher's college. So then I went into psychology and biology. Um, so the teaching has always been something that I've enjoyed. So the two just, it, it, at that point, it became a no brainer. I wasn't willing to um, kind of return to the old life. Um, and I knew the information, like people needed the information because we've been so um, conditioned by the food industry on what is healthy, what is good for us, uh, the types of food that we should be buying versus what we should actually be buying, that it just became necessary for me to do this.
0: Okay, so let's let's get to some of this. Okay, what for you is essential? You're going through the grocery store. What's the essential? What are your top purchases?
1: Um, fruits and vegetables regardless of what they are, fresh or frozen. Frozen vegetables get a bad rap because people see them as less than or um, you only buy frozen vegetables if you don't have enough money to spend on fresh vegetables. But frozen vegetables are just as good because they get flash frozen kind of at the height or at the peak of freshness and ripeness right so any kinds of fruits and vegetables fresh or frozen now if you're getting canned fruit that's soaking in syrup
0: that doesn't count
1: that doesn't count (laughs) so that is desserts and that's fine if you want to have it but don't think of it as a fruit that you're consuming think of it as a dessert that you're having um so fruits and vegetables and then Protein, we are a omnivore family, we eat animal protein. So any type of animal protein, if that is how you eat, if not, and you're looking for plant-based protein, you need to have protein in your diet, especially women. We tend to not eat enough protein. Protein is really, really important. Um, So you will always find um, salmon, we eat salmon, chicken, um, beef, we don't eat a lot of pork, that's a personal preference, um, but basically any animal protein, we will have that. And then um, lots of good sources of fat. So that's the other big one that, especially for women, we tend to want to avoid. And I would say men as well, because for the longest while, fat is bad. Everything is low fat, so you need to eat low fat yogurt and low fat cottage cheese and low fat cheese. Fat is super important, it's super important for children, for their eyes, for their um, nervous system development, for their brain. Fat is also really important for your sex hormones. So if you like having sex, you need to make sure that you have adequate fat in your diet. So things like avocado, avocado oil, butter, coconut oil, olive oil, and if you're looking for the oils, Nuts and seeds, pumpkin seeds, cashews, almonds, uh, flax seeds, chia seeds. All of those are always 100% in my cupboards at any time. Um,
0: okay, wait. I remember us having a conversation that you loved finding recipes that required the use of butter. Yes. You know, like, and, and let's go through that. <laughs> because when we were growing up, we went through, we were in that generation that fat was bad. Yeah. Uh, and then we got sold on this margarine which I I look back on those days going, how did that happen? Right. But you, I know are a big um, supporter of cooking with butter.
1: Yes. So we go through a pound of butter a week, which is a lot of butter. Um, We, I put it in just about everything I cook with. I put it in oatmeal. We use it as a base for cooking our eggs and, why?
0: It it. Okay. So tell me why for you, like, why, why is butter
1: so why on for, that list for you? Yeah. So, um, butter like coconut oil is considered a medium chain triglyceride. So, um, it's good for heart health. It's good for hormonal health. It, it's a, it's a good quality fat. Um, it, it's not like, um, a trans fat um, or a, it, it it is a saturated fat, but it is a good saturated fat. So like the fat you would find in a grass fed beef, you saturated fat isn't beef. The big thing is that too much saturated fat isn't good for your heart. It's not good for your body because your body actually makes 80% of the saturated fat that exists. Your body makes it. So the, um, thought is that you don't need to add any saturated fat but saturated fat from sources like butter um, and grass-fed beef are all good sources of saturated fat and also have higher levels of omegas which are also really really important because your body can't make those on their own so that's why we use butter in place of almost anything else followed by um probably it's butter then avocado oil, olive oil for like salads, um, dressings and whatnot, and then of course coconut oil for when we're making popcorn.
0: Okay, we talked, <laughs> so anyone who's followed me on my social media uh, has seen my posts about my popcorn and I have always given Mel full credit that I got this recipe from her. And let me tell you, there's like at least 10 family friends of mine that are using this recipe now. And, and I don't know how many people took it from social, but it really was. It was having the base of the coconut oil, um, cold-pressed coconut oil as the base with a little bit of salt and popping it from there. And it has been our favorite treat. And it, and it honestly, it, it tastes like buttered popcorn.
1: Yes, it does. You don't need to add anything to it. Um, and, it like, you cook it on your stove. It's quick. And I know corn gets a bad rap because... Corn has, is being used as a filler in so many, I'm going to say foods with the air italics, um, that we are being overexposed to corn and it can be inflammatory. So, you know, corn of itself, are you eating too much corn if you're having popcorn? I would say no. If you're having corn with every single meal, like a corn product with every single meal, well, then you might want to consider, you know, swapping that out. But corn, and popcorn as well, is really high in fiber. Fiber is really, really important. So, um, you know, if you're not getting enough fiber from, say, vegetables or fruits, and you're having some popcorn, a couple cups of popcorn, well, then you're getting some additional fiber, which is also really good for the body.
0: Okay. Is there a difference, though, to the type of popcorn? And I don't want to throw, like, products or name brands out there, but you know, some kernels look different than others. They do. Um,
1: is that is that me being politically correct there? <laughs> some kernels do okay. look different than yeah. others, and some kernels pop different than others. I wouldn't suggest getting um, with an, an unnamed brand <laughs> um, <laughs> versus a named brand. That is going to give you a better quality popcorn, and then if allows an organic popcorn is going to be like the top echelon, right? So it would be organic popcorn followed by a name brand popcorn followed by an unnamed brand popcorn.
0: Yeah. And, and it, and it was interesting because I did switch to the organic because I realized that it was going through less of a process and, uh, and it did, it, it popped differently um, it didn't have like that crazy fluff feel that you'd get from that top name brand. Yep. But I felt that's way better about the purchase of it. And I felt way better serving it to the kids and telling them to eat as much as they needed.
1: Yes. And that's it, right? It's There's always a trade-off. I can tell you personally, we do not eat a lot of organic-based products. There are some products that we will always eat organic, but there are others that I we'll never buy organic because it's expensive and it's unnecessary. Um, and it's like, yeah, you choose your battles. Like where, where does it make sense for me to spend my, uh, grocery dollars getting a plethora of fruits and vegetables. So we, we have variety and you're not always eating the same fruits and vegetables or that we have a couple organic vegetables.
0: So if you had to choose, what are your ones that you pass on and what are the ones you pick on that you pass on certain organics or you choose organic?
1: Um, So really the only organics that I will choose are berries, like consistently, because they, you eat the berry, right? You eat, there's no skin to protect it. You can't wash it. You can't, it's the berry in your mouth. So berries, I will choose organic, but like bananas, um, mango, melons, I just wash all of our fruit and have always washed all of our fruit in soap and water. That's it. Whether it's a watermelon, whether it's um, a honeydew melon, everything gets washed in soap and water. If I'm going to be cutting it and peeling off that skin, I just want to make sure that the surface has been cleaned so I'm not cutting it into the flesh, like whatever's on it into the flesh. Um, but other than that, it's just berries.
0: Soap and water, huh?
1: Yeah, soap and water since... I'm- Wow,
0: I'm lucky if I put it under the tap. So that's that's good to know, soap and water. Okay, so you're talking about some of these purchases and I'm looking at the time because I wanted to get through a checklist of things. Uh, We're going shopping at Costco. You've got a family of six that you're feeding. Um, and I saw this, I saw this blog post that you had on there. So do you, I don't know if you have it with you or let's go Mm -hmm. through, but when you're going through those aisles at Costco, it can be incredibly enticing to pick up new snacks, new frozen foods, new everything. But what did you find was the most beneficial? Um, and I know it was like your healthy snack kind of going through the aisles at Costco to pick
1: up. And so I do that like once a year because Costco adds new things and although it is a big box store and um, you know, you feel like you're not getting local, you're not supporting your local industries. We hit farmer's markets all summer, but in the winter we're in Ottawa, right? You don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Costco is your next best bet. It's especially if you want to buy in bulk. Now, like in all stores, they don't necessarily have the best prices on everything all the time but there are a few that we will always get. So one is the avocado oil. Always, always, always. Um, they have coconut sugar and coconut smiles. So they're like shavings of coconuts that you can eat as chips or just as a snack. You can add them to a nut mix to make your own trail mix. Um, I add them into smoothies. Like there's so many options for the coconut. Um, Dates. So dates is another great way, healthy option for sweetening smoothies instead of putting in, if you add sugar, uh, or if you use a sweetened protein. You could get rid of the sweetened protein, use an unsweetened protein, and just sweeten your um, shake with dates. Also great for snacks after the kids or yourself has done any sort of physical activity. Um, pumpkin seeds. They have a lot of nuts at Costco, um, and most of them are... Or, most of them are organic um what else flaxseed that's one of the staples that's always in our house you can get that at costco chia seeds almond butter if you are a nut butter fan kombucha ah i can't do it i can't do it you can't do kombucha nope oh leanne um so kombucha is great they've got A gluten-free frozen pizza, which is lovely. Um, Salmon. Frozen salmon, because we also can't get fresh wild salmon year-round. But they always have frozen wild salmon, which is the best kind of salmon that you can be eating. Hmm. Lots of frozen vegetables. Again, mostly organic. They started selling now um, frozen zucchini spirals. Amazing. So there's really... There's no reason not to eat healthy. Again, we talked about the fact that you can get just about anything frozen. So if you like zucchini and you love using zucchini as your pasta, you can get the spirals in a pack of six at Costco. They have frozen sliced avocados. Like they are really entering the um, healthy food arena, which is good.
0: Did I get through most of that list? You had a couple of other, like, whether cracker choices or snacks?
1: Oh, yeah, I can keep going. So we've got yeah. coconut water, which is a really good alternative to Gatorade, Powerade, for your entire family. It's extremely hydrating, very refreshing, and uh, this one has no added sugar. There's greens, there's the mini um, guacamoles, they've got... Sliced chicken or turkey breast. Again, an easy way to make sure you're getting that protein. You can throw it in a sandwich, on a salad. You can just grab it and eat it. It's already cooked. They've got cauliflower mash. They've also got some really good prepared meals, which is like has a protein, a fat, and a carbohydrate. That's that's what you need. Um, and I think we've covered it all. Um, okay, because so, so I.
0: I want to go back to that because I think when I when we go through the the services, especially and especially with you and families, the meal planning is Mm -hmm. a big part of what you do. And I'm as I'm listening to you right now, I'm going, well, if if, you know, if that was the case, it sounds like I'd be doing a lot of shopping in a bigger bulk than I probably am doing. And the way you're describing the things that you like purchasing.
1: Uh, Yes, you buy in bulk, but obviously they get used over the course of a long time, right? Um, And they are things that we use on a daily basis. But when it comes to meal planning, I like to keep it simple because simple is for life, fancy is for fun. So you can easily meal plan around those things if you're just buying some protein, right? Like any way you like it, if you like it baked, grilled, sauteed like there's so many options on how you can cook your meat you just want to cook enough for more than one meal you cook once eat twice so if you would normally have four chicken breasts at a dinner you cook eight you cook them you keep them in the fridge and then they can become sandwiches they can be shredded into chicken salad they can go on top of um a, a regular salad like that has now made three meals but It is literally the same amount of effort for you to cook eight chicken breasts as it is to cook four chicken breasts, right? Um, And then throwing in a vegetable, we try and do a, a three day rotation so we won't have the same vegetable for three days in a row. And it's really just to have variety, open up the palate, and to make sure that you're getting the rainbow and getting a full complement of vitamins and minerals.
0: What would be your rotation then, especially with young kids at home? What's the rotation?
1: So our rotation is everybody loves cucumber. So cucumber always is the start so that they get that the most off it. We do cucumber and peppers. Then we'll do carrots and broccoli. Then we'll do asparagus. And this is when it gets a little bit more challenging because some people don't like asparagus. Some people don't like... Um, baby carrots they like the long carrots so then the day I do asparagus they get to choose a vegetable um, and then we just start over
0: Um, okay because you mentioned the baby carrots I have stayed away from baby carrots for a long time now just because I found that they and and I don't know if in talking to other nutritionists or other people it's just that those seem to be loaded with sugar and so I stopped purchasing them what's your take on that
1: so baby carrots don't have added sugar like they don't add sugar to the carrots it's a variety of carrot that is naturally sweeter it's kind of like comparing a granny smith apple to um uh are they called prince Uh, or honey crisp apple right they're both apples one is just a sweeter variety of apple it's not that they've added more sugar to the honey crisp apple
0: so, uh, so all of these baby carrots, they're still safe to, it's funny. I haven't purchased baby carrots in a long time.
1: So I think the biggest controversy around baby carrots was that they peel them by sticking them in bleach and that's how they get them smooth on the outside and don't have any skin. I don't know that they do that, <laughs> um, but I haven't, it hasn't prevented me from feeding it to myself and to the to the kids.
0: Okay, so you're using them. Yeah. Okay, so that's your three-day rotation on and vegetables. Like for the
1: winter. And mm-hmm. then when, now that we're into the, the nicer weather, we have a garden in the back and so we've got beans and we've got sugar snap peas, which they love. They just won't eat the outside, they only eat the inside. I um, <laughs> don't know why. Um, so those all get thrown in and um, we usually have a salad. The kids really like salad only because we put them out Right? We put it on the table. They see us eating it. They don't have to have a salad, but they have to have vegetables. Um, and that's the extent of it. Like, it's really not super complicated. You know, I'll do lasagna, we'll do spaghetti. Obviously, those things are delicious. Um, we just try and mix swaps where we can. So, for shepherd's pie, I'll use a sweet potato instead of white potato um just because we get a lot of other like white rice they don't like brown rice so we just eat white rice so right we make those swaps not to vilify potatoes because they are high um in vitamin b like white potatoes um, but we'll swap out with a, a sweet potato because we know that's high in beta carotene and that's good for your eyes and all sorts of other things so it's just making those swaps where they make sense um and just try and keep it as simple as possible.
0: So right now we're heading into summer. There's summer snacking. There's summer treats. Where where do you think people should invest in? Or what would you be your top kind of top selection of things over the next couple months to be able to? Because the kids, right, we're still not having them full days in camp. We're still like they're kind of still running in and out of homes, going to be snacking. What are what, what would you like to ha- see people have on the ready?
1: So on the ready, um. I guess, you know, depending on the age of their kids, if their kids are like 10 and under granola bars, they are easy, they're quick. I wouldn't suggest like the Quaker granola bars, which is full of full of sugar. Um, but am I allowed to say what types? Like, can I say brands?
0: At okay. this point, I'm trying to help people get through the summer.
1: Okay, um, so made good is a brand of bar that I love. We eat it. I suggest it all the time because they actually have a serving of vegetables in the granola bar, which is amazing. And they still taste delicious and they have all sorts of different flavors that you ought to be able to find one that your kids like. And they also carry them at Costco. So, like bonus and at Costco I think they work out to like 50 cents a bar so you really can't go wrong so granola bars they're easy you can grab them and throw them in backpacks and in your purse Um, obviously fresh fruit like that is always to me that's unlimited if your kids want to eat fruit let them eat fruit It has lots of fiber. It's got like lots of vitamins and minerals. Fruit should always be on hand and always available. Um, And then, you know, making sure that they're having, they're not just snacking on like the empty calories. So like the cookies, but if you want to have cookies, make them. We're home. We can carve out 30 minutes to make cookies. I will tell you, my kids have cookies, but they're cookies that we spend time making because then you can add into them things like some ground flax. You add a tablespoon or two of ground flax into your cookie, it's not gonna change the taste of the cookie, but you've now upped the fat content. If you're gonna make cookies, use butter instead of margarine. Um, so those types of swaps are super easy. And um, Having, and I think we hear this all the time, but having cut vegetables available. If, if it's easy to grab, people will grab it because if that's all they've got to eat then they're going to grab it so having cut vegetables available unlimited fruits granola bars or other like they also have granola balls made good company they have quite a few products um, and they are all all very tasty they just came recently out with um like a a soft chewy mini cookie oh my gosh (laughs) so so delicious and then the other big thing in the summer is smoothies You can pack so much nutrition into a smoothie and still have it taste delicious that, um, A, you can hide stuff that your kids don't like, or even stuff that you might not want to eat. If you put it in a smoothie, you're good to go.
0: So what are you throwing in there?
1: So we usually have spinach as a base for for the kids because... Kale is a little bit strong. Um, Spinach or or a a soft lettuce, like a Boston lettuce, um, as a great base. Either a tablespoon of flax or a tablespoon of chia. You don't need both. Um, Then half a cup of whatever fruit, whether it's berries, bananas, um, and protein powder. And we use oat milk to make it a little bit thicker. And that's it. But you so could, that like, would be
0: your that would be your go-to. What about the frozen treats? Do you do popsicles? Do you do made like homemade popsicles? You know, they're they're looking for something that's going to kind of bring them down. I, yeah. I, I don't know. That seems to be a, a, a popular one at my place.
1: Yeah, so we will do popsicles. I no longer make popsicles because it's just not worth my <laughs> effort. Um, so we don't make popsicles. I will buy popsicles. The kids are limited. We really work off of a one day a week for like desserts and treats of that type. So Sundays is kind of a free for all in terms of desserts. The kids can order anything they want for desserts. If they want donuts, we go buy donuts. If they want gel, whatever, like unless it's something that sounds really gross. If not, we we go ahead and do it. So we really limit it to that day. And same with popsicles we just try and limit um what they're consuming now like don't get me wrong we still have treats and we still enjoy them we just don't make them a daily occurrence
0: yeah i didn't grow up on dessert
1: no, neither so did So I didn't
0: did. grow up on it. So it just was never kind of really thought of. And it's always funny when I have dinner company, because I tend to usually forget that there's, there needs to be a dessert <laughs> <laughs> at <laughs> the end. It's just, you know, it's how we're brought up, right? Other high- households, it's like you have dinner and then you stay around and there's always going to be dessert. It, it's I find with a lot of those things, it's how you were brought up is, yes. is the habit you tend to get into.
1: Yes, and it, it kind of got born at our house, the dessert. on We have done Sundays, is that my kids have been over to friend's houses, you know, and they had desserts. And so, well, how come we don't have desserts? And so I said, well, okay. Mummy never grew up on dessert. Neither did Pat. Um, but we can, we can make it work in our family. So we chose one day a week and we chose Sunday as the day, um, for desserts and it works and the kids really look forward to it.
0: Now there have been a lot of people over the course of the last couple of months that have, uh, done a lot of emotional eating, uh, and the bored eating. So how do you distinguish between the two when you have the kids that are running in or or in the kitchen because they're bored or people that are working from home and constantly finding themselves in the kitchen because they're bored? Like, what do you say to those clients or how do you cope with that? Because I think that still is probably ranking up there as something that people are affected
1: by. Mm -hmm. That's always such a hard one to tackle. Um, I, when I speak to my clients, when we talk about being bored, it's usually a habit. So, you know, I'll say, give me a typical day. And it's, well, after dinner, we sit down on the couch, we start watching TV and we grab whatever their thing is. So if it's a bag of chips, are you actually hungry at that point? Well, no, but it's just habits. If I don't do it, then I feel hungry. So it's, for, for bored eating kind of determining, is it actually that you're bored or is it just uh, something that you've always done and, and that's why you're eating. And it, then it becomes mindless eating, right? Because you're not really aware of you're doing it anymore because it's become as second nature as kind of like brushing your teeth. We don't really think about brushing our teeth. So it's, if it's a habit, we can change a habit. We can replace a habit. So that's what we work on doing, We work on replacing that habit with something else, whether it's okay, I had this one client who hers was Skittles, she would buy like a big bag of Skittles from Walmart, and sit and eat the whole bag of Skittles while she's watching shows. And so I said, Okay, what about if we start and it sounded so silly at the time, but if we start on the first week, you're going to take five Skittles out of that bag, and you're not going to eat them. You're going to eat all the other ones, but you're not going to eat five. She goes, well, what am I going to do with them? I'm like, you can put them in a jar. You can give them to your husband. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you do with them. You just can't eat them. And so it was just changing the habit of eating a whole bag of Skittles to slowly reducing it till she's just having a couple Skittles to satisfy that sweet craving that she had. Um, And then we worked to just replacing it with something else that still gave her that Evening treat, but it was a better option. Um, And then emotional eating. I think right now we're all emotionally eating because there's just been so much going on that's coming from so many different directions and um, it's comforting, right? It's kind of having something that you can control when we have no control of everything else that's going on. And so it becomes really hard to separate the emotion from the eating because we're living it right now. So I would say there's also another type of emotional eating where it's like there's um, it's an ongoing response to stress or sadness or grief or something that's acute in your life but you always turn to that and that is not an area that I deal with at all um because there not so I should say I don't deal with it because I don't have the skill set um to deal with emotional eating and all of the layers that it encompasses but in terms of what we're all dealing with right now to be honest I think it's okay like if you are stressed about work business uh the environment kind of what's happening and you're eating things that either you shouldn't or more of what you shouldn't um it's for a short period of time we will get through it and if it means you know you come through with an extra five pounds but you're still safe and healthy then that's the cost of moving through a world pandemic so that's
0: they, my yeah. no, that that's good. my my concern also is those that are when you talk about the worries and the finances, a lot of people too uh, financially don't have the means to be able to purchase or buy the food that they were maybe accustomed to or having to shift how they feed their families. And so that in itself is on the opposite end of struggle as well.
1: oh, absolutely, absolutely. and and like that's when we talk about how else can you, shop and still get good quality foods so one of the big things and i do this personally is i go well farm boy they've changed the days but farm boy for example would put out um, their reduced foods on tuesdays so you can go and get large quantities of potatoes carrots peppers and everything is two dollars and they are in good shape you know peppers might have a couple bruises, but you cut them off and you can roast them. You can freeze them and use them for tomato sauces or pasta sauces or spaghetti sauces. So like not being um, ashamed to take your dollar and stretch it however you can. And that's a really good resource that a lot of people don't consider. Um, But all stores have them. where you just go and you look in, at what they've got, the bananas, the, oh, there's so many options in there that you can get for a considerable um, reduction in price.
0: Okay, so that's good. So most of the stores have days where they have those items out.
1: Mm-hmm. Where they put like the fresh crop. Now, I, if, I, if I think of like a Loblaws um, or a superstore, they have that out fairly regularly farm boy, like it's kind of like on the Tuesday and then by Wednesday, Thursday, like it's gone because it's been, uh, purchased. Hmm. It's just, it's, it's having to be creative. It's, it's having to be creative. Um, and making, you know, those meals stretch however you can and being open to trying different foods that may still give you the same, nutrients that you haven't had before. Like, like, say you always bought filet mignon, like you can buy other types of steaks and then they're still delicious, but not as expensive.
0: So when you look at, would you typically then plan it as, as we're kind of wrapping up like a week, if you have a family that you're able to do three meal plans or seven meal plans, like how do you break it
1: down? Um, Personally or for a client? Uh, both. For a client, I will do a meal plan for them seven days at a time with a lot of flex on the weekend um, because weekends can be yeah, very different than, you know, a, a Monday to Friday. Um, for us, we have a set meal plan in the sense that Saturday and Sunday, like the kids get to choose what we eat on Saturday. On Sunday, we go to my mom's house. So that's Like I have no impact on what she's cooking other than I say like, okay, we don't want a roast because we had one earlier this week, something like that. But she is 100% responsible for the meal on Sunday and then the rest of the week. So then we'll plan a week in advance buying the appropriate foods for the meals that we want. And
0: you do that for the clients too. It's like, okay, if this is what we're going on, this is what you'll need when you go to grocery shop. This, exactly. is, a way to, okay. exactly. this is a way to bulk purchase so that we can have it for next week if we're going to do other stuff that's going to be similar.
1: Exactly. So we do, so although I give them meal plans for seven days, we always do a meal plan for a client two weeks. So they do the same meal plan two weeks in a row. Eight, it allows for a little bit of famili- familiarity. Um especially if if something is new, so they'll get a second chance to make it. And then also allows for the the bigger purchases, less trips to the grocery store. So in their plan, they can get everything they need. Like I give a checklist of everything they need for those two weeks worth of meal plans. And
0: what do you find from people is the biggest difference for them? Like what do they come back and say afterwards?
1: Um, Most people didn't realize or don't realize that they can eat food that is normal <laughs> that they get in a grocery store that tastes good and is really um, supportive of their goals. Most of the women I work with, they personally are looking to um, lose weight to help improve their health. but. I also incorporate into their dinner plans because they eat dinner as a family that everybody eats the same meal at dinner. It's usually just, you know, breakfast, lunch, and snacks that are different. Um, So it's the realization that you can have a family meal that still supports your goals. Like you don't have to eat chicken nuggets and fries because you've got kids and you've got a desire to lose weight, right? And then you have to sit and eat a dry ass salad with... Uh, you know, chicken with no flavor because you've been told that's the way you have to go about losing weight. So, the biggest thing is that you can lose weight, A, eating fat because fat is prominently featured, um, that things can still be delicious, and you don't have to, you literally do not have to spend hours in the kitchen. Like, because I don't have time to spend hours in the kitchen. And so, I know my clients don't have time to spend hours in the kitchen. So it's being efficient and effective in the time that we've got to reach the goals that you have.
0: I love it. Oh, by the way, like that popcorn recipe takes about three minutes and then you are oh, yeah. go and I got a snack for the night. Yeah. Um, where can people go? As I'm looking at the time, I got time always flies by. Where can people go for more information, Mel?
1: So for more information, you will find me most active on Facebook. And so um, my business page is balance plate, balance plate Ottawa on Facebook and my mama's group is called um, the Balanced Mama Method, weight loss for busy moms. So you can find me in either of those places. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Instagram is much more my family, <laughs> so you'll see lots of pictures of my kids. But I'm on Instagram at Queen Melanie.
0: Yeah. And then I think too, like the, the website's really, it's it's really well laid out. Uh, and then you kind of get that understanding too. I mean, we didn't even talk about Pat, although I should mention Pat's done, did my podcast, like one of the, like probably about a year ago. Gosh, I don't even know how long yeah, ago that was, was. you know? Yeah, but, um, but to realize too, right, you've got a very active, uh, you know, athletic kids, you have a busy husband, like there's a lot that's on the go, but, uh, a lot of things can be done and I'm excited. I, you know what, Tony usually does the Costco shopping. Uh, I do the groceries, he does Costco, but I'm thinking maybe one of these days I actually tag along. I'm going to go see some of those uh, products and some of those ideas that you listed.
1: Yes. There's so many things. I was just in there, um, two weeks ago cause Pat's been doing the Costco runs lately and, um a lot of new products have arrived. And so I'm excited to go and um, log them for this year's Costco, healthy Costco uh, purchases. So yeah, stay tuned for something new
0: that's good and I should I should mention that like there it is that that article is on your website so people are looking and want to find more there's lots of great blog posts there too that uh, have some really wonderful information attached to them so Mel I really appreciate your time today
1: you're welcome and the kids stayed quiet
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed with your crew I really am I wasn't worried about mine I was like I'm impressed with yours so thank you putting uh, the four kids on hold for for the hour to go so hugs to you thanks to Pat great to be able to see you again thank you
1: Thanks, Leanne, and and
0: thanks to everyone who's listening that is another episode of living your life with leanne lang as always please continue to like and share let people know that it's out there always guests that are trying to be able to inspire to live healthy happier kind of wealthier just feel good about the life that you're living so have a great day everyone thanks for listening i'm andrea askowitz and i'm allison langer